hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Gold Line podcast. I am your host, as always, Russell Goddard. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. It, 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 look, it's New Year's New Year's Eve. Recording this New Year's Eve morning. Uh, it's good. It should be a good one. Christmas has gone and passed. It's been a week. The New Year is here, folks. Week 17 is here, folks. No more Thursday night game. Uh, that, that was last week, so there was nothing, nothing to talk about about last night. All to talk about on Sunday's action. Nine games early. Nine games early. Five day, five games late for the next two weeks, folks. I just don't know how spoiled we can be when it comes to a Sunday morning slash afternoon night all day. All day. We got two good uh, late games uh, or uh, standalone games. Sunday night, Monday night, we'll get into all of them, and we'll also get into some John Madden, because, you know, I don't want to get into too much of it here, but as we all know right now, the, the legend at 85 years old passed away just a couple days after Christmas. Um, I was pretty, I was pretty, I mean, I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sad about it. I'll be honest. I, I'm definitely sad. One of my childhood icons, heroes. A guy that narrated this game for me. I don't want to get too mentioned, right? I don't want to. I don't want to wrap myself involved, so I'll pull back. So we'll get into all of that, much, much more. Maybe a little bit quicker version of the pod today. Kind of shoot it out to you guys. Let you enjoy your New Year's. Listen, listen to it whenever. Enjoy your family tonight and stay safe and all that. But let's get into it. But first, as always, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. And on Spotify now, you can leave me a star review. I love it. I'm, I've seen them th- flow in. I appreciate you guys for doing it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go. Week 17. And there is only one place to start this podcast, and it is to pay my respects to one of the greatest, I think, human beings of my lifetime. A guy, a, a, a man who has narrated this game for me, who made me able to watch football. My first memories of football is John Madden. It, it, my first memories of when I, I I thought about this past couple of days, I thought really really, really hard about if I could remember the first time I watched a real uh, a football game. Now, I remember my first full football game I watched. That was about 99, 98, right in that range. Uh, that season, the 98, 99 season, watched my full, full first football game. It was the Cardinals against the Raiders. Folks, John Madden was on that call. John Madden, that game was on five. John Madden was on that call. And I remembered that. That my first ever full football game I watched as a kid, not even six years old, right about that range, John Madden was the man calling the game for me. And I had no idea what was going on. But John Madden made me understand. This guy had a way with people. He 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 was he I mean John Madden is in the real estate market here, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. I don't think a lot of you know this, but uh, he is. He owns a lot of real estate. He's been gobbling it up since the early 80s. He really has. And I would probably say his net worth is north of $500 million. John Madden was a very wealthy man. He really was and much deserved. He worked really hard for that money. But John Madden, if you ever met him, if you ever had a conversation with him, you would guess that he made $50,000 a year. At any point in his life, it did not matter. He talked to you like you were a person. He just wanted to listen to you, hear you. That's why he took a bus. John Madden didn't fly. He had a fear of flying. And so he just took a bus. 
I mean, his entire broadcasting career, but he took a bus around. He had to be a candlestick one day and Lambo in six days, and he would do it. And he would just drive cross country on his bus. And what he would do is he would stop into the towns and he would talk to these people and he would get a real feel of it. And he said that that was America. That, that, that's how he felt it. He, he, was, he was so grateful and he felt so humbled to be able to drive across the country and meet these people in different towns and cities and, and, and different people all over the place. And you get to learn. It, it, that is amazing to me. And it takes a really special kind of human being to be able to do that and to be able to go wherever he, wherever he went to touch somebody in a way. To be able to just sit down and have a basic conversation for some guy that's never seen the game of football before, I guarantee you, you can spend 10 minutes with John Madden and you will understand the basis of football. Because deep down, John Madden, at his core, was a teacher. A lot of people just see him as this big, goofy football guy, big personality. He's a teacher at heart. He really is, and he cares about everybody he came across. He he just did. And... If we're just going to talk about this guy's football career for a second, can we do that? Can we transition from the broadcasting? Can we just talk about this man who was the, uh, drafted in the 21st oh, or 21st round, 244th overall by the Philadelphia Eagles in 1958? I'm sure everyone's seen the picture. He's got his hands on his knee pads, and he's wearing like 65. This just the 1958 straight buzz cut. I mean, just looking like Biff from Back to the Future, you know what I'm saying? Just straight buzz cut down there. But he never, he never played. He was a practice squad guy. But what did John do? As soon as he got cut from the practice squad, he spent a year away, came right into football. Started coaching at Allen Hancock Junior College. It was a junior college now. I don't know if it was a junior college then. I imagine, you know, up in Northern California at that time, it was probably a, probably a decent-sized college for that. But he, he, spent, he spent one year as assistant, boom, was the head coach. Spent two years there. Then all of a sudden, San Diego State's like, hey, buddy, why don't you come be our defensive coordinator? So he's at San Diego State from 64 to 66. And then at the age of 30, the ripe age of 30 years old, folks, that is that is young is almost, well, a year younger than me. I'm 20. I'll be 29 soon. Still just barely older than me. Gets the gets a coach in the NFL as the linebackers coach for the Oakland Raiders. And after only one season, one season of being their linebacker coach. Yes, it took some luck that a, that a Al Davis, who's all win, baby, win, throw a deep play defense, smash you in the mouth. We like to take chances here. We're the Raiders, so I'm going to take a chance on this young 32-year-old coach who just has all the charisma in the world, big personality, clearly knows how to play this game, can, can, can really understand these men. I'm going to make you my head coach of the Oakland Raiders. And then John proceeds to go to seven AFC champions. I just, I just, unbelievable. He only wins one. And he wins a Super Bowl. And really, still the best winning percentage, 103, 32, and 7 as a head coach. That's a winning percentage of 76%. Okay, he was 9-7 and seven in, in the playoff game. And I looked it up. He lost to the Steelers five times in the playoffs. The Steelers five times. If it wasn't for Franco Harris, if it wasn't for the miraculous reception, if it wasn't for how good the steel curtain was, there's no telling how many Super Bowls this guy would have had with this team. There's really not. And you could do the what if. You could do that. You could throw that. You know, if Tom Brady never played, how many Super Bowls does Peyton have? Right? And you could play that. But you, but, but to me, that, that's not speaking of the what if. That's speaking to how dominant that person was. That it, it had to take, or that team, right? It took how dominant Brady was, that it, uh, uh, the Peyton was. That it took Tom Brady alone pretty much to keep him from going to all those Super Bowls. And it took the Steelers alone 
I mean, five out of his seven playoff losses are to the Steelers. It's it's nuts. This dude went to seven AFC championship games, seven out of 10 years of coaching, 103 wins just on paper. He is one of the greatest coaches of all time. And if you are lucky enough, if you are lucky enough to be older than me, you know, like my dad's age, you know, obviously we'll be younger than my dad too. But if you have, if you're in that range, that forties to 55, sixties and older, you, you were able to watch him coach on the sidelines. You were able to watch John Madden, that seventies, those seventies teams of the John Madden era were just absolutely dominant. And you got to watch it on the sidelines up and down. You got to watch this, the meanest, toughest son of a bitch team that anybody has ever talked about in the NFL. Stabler calling people out saying you can read the playbook by the light of the jukebox. You know, you got uh, Willie is over there, the cornerback. He just laying people out left and right. This team is one. If I, if I had to pick any team, like any decade, to go back and see like a certain team that I never got to watch play. The 70s Steel, uh, uh, Raiders, they're on a very short list, a very short list of teams that I would like to go see play that I never got to see. Because to see John Madden, to see this team in the 70s, it would have been a blast. It would have been so much fun. And it, it's been a sad couple of days because you say that and you said it was so much fun. And people, you know, obviously guys older than me, you know, that was fun. My dad talked about how much fun it was just to watch this guy. He was a Cowboys fan. He was a Cowboys fan back in the day. I know it's horrible how he's, he's, he's recently transitioned folks. He's now a Cardinals fan. You know, we're away from the Cowboys, but he was a Cowboys fan growing up. Love Tom Landry, but he had always, always, always looked over to the AFC and saw the Raiders and saw John Madden and just, he just loved him. And you, how can you not, how can you not? This, this, this is, he's the narrator of football. He, to me, is probably the most influential person in the history of the game. You know, him, Lombardi, Bill Walsh, and the Hunt family, I would probably say, are the four most influential people in the history of this football game. It, 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 it's remarkable what he was able to do in his life. And he was, he was just a good person. He was someone that I wanted to watch all the time. And I didn't get enough of John Madden. I didn't. He retired when I was still young. I, I mean, I remember, you know, obviously that late 90 period I was talking about, early 2000s. But then you get up to right about 2004, 2005, he was gone. There wasn't much John Madden anymore. He was here a little bit. I think he did. Did he do one more Super Bowl? The only Super Bowl I remember him doing was Tom Brady's first win against the greatest show on turf and Kurt Warner. That's the only Super Bowl I remember him doing. I, I don't, uh, no, he did Carolina. He did the Carolina one too. Just kidding. I think he did the Carolina and, uh, and, uh, New England one too. Watch that one as well. Um, and in that game, if we go back to that first Super Bowl that Brady and Belichick won at the start of the drive, it was the tie football game. The start of the drive, Madden says he wouldn't do it. He said, I would not do this. I would not put the ball in this kid's hands. I would play for overtime against this team. I would not try to force anything. He said at the beginning of the drive. At the end of the drive, when Tom Brady was walking off and Adam Vinatieri's going in to hit the game winner, he says, I got goosebumps. This kid is the real deal. He called it. John Madden called Tom Brady's greatness on that drive. He said not to do it. And then he watched him do it. And he said he is going to be the great. I mean, he didn't say he's going to be the greatest, but he said he's going to be great. He called it. He called Favre. He called Lawrence Taylor. I mean, he was calling linemen. 
he, he the, this guy, it, that's another thing. John Madden to me as a lineman speaks to me because he was a lineman and he is the one of the only p- people today, other than like your Jeff Schwartz and stuff like that. And occasionally some uh, linemen in the booth that honestly really point out what the offensive line is doing other than run blocking or pass blocking. John Madden took you into the trenches and let you know what was happening, pointing off the sweat on the lineman's butt. It was fantastic. And as a lineman, that, I, that, I loved that. That drew me into him more. He had a way to connect to everybody. And honestly, it kind of feels like a family member died. Because when, when we all huddled around for Monday Night Football, for Thursday Night Football, for CBS and for Fox Games, because he was on all four, all four, the only broadcaster to be on all four networks. We huddled around and we watched a football game with John Madden calling it. It felt like he was on the couch with you. It felt like he was taking you on a ride and you were going to watch this game. You were going to have a great time doing it and you all were going to have fun together. And he, he, he was, he was going to let you, he, he brought you in. He brought everybody in that watched the football game that he announced. He, you, you, you got to the stadium. It felt like you were there. You were in the booth with John Madden. You were just bullshitting with him. And I'm sad. I really am. And this isn't phony. Like, you know, I know some people, this is, I'm, I'm, I, I am sad. I've been sad for the last couple of days, but I know how great he was and how much of a legend, just an absolute legend that he is. And I will, I, when I think about him, not try to be sad, but be happy and, and, and take what he has taught me in this game. Cause he's taught me a lot in this game. I would not be sitting here right here, right now talking in this microphone, about to break down all these Week 17 games if it wasn't for John Madden. I wouldn't, I, I, I just, my, my, there's no way that I would, my mind would work the way that it does if it wasn't for John Madden. And I think, I think there's a lot of people, a lot of people that can say that. And I got to tell you, if I, if I could pick maybe one coach to ever play for, John Madden might be that coach. And from a player and a guy who had aspirations of a coach, thinks like a coach, has a coach family, dad, grandpa, great grandpa, to have a player come up to you and say, it was a privilege for you to coach me or go up to someone and say, I, you know, wish I got to play with you, get to play for you. So Coach Madden, it was an honor. Thank you for everything that you've done for me, for everybody else. You will be truly, truly missed. All right, so let's uh, touch on some of these games here. Week 17 action. We'll start with the early slate. Uh, Giants and Bears. Look, I mean, the Bears are just, I, I don't know. I haven't heard. Is, are they just going to roll Nick Foles out there again? I don't really know, like, if Justin Fields is healthy or not. But to me, if Justin Fields, like, it seemed healthy because he was the technically backup, right, last week. I just don't understand. Like, what are you playing for? Why, like, why is he just not playing every single snap? Why is he just not getting better? Like, what does playing Nick Foles actually do for you, Chicago? Are you making the playoffs? No. You winning your division? No. I, I, you just, I, I don't get it. Why not just give the rookie some more, some more reps? The more he plays, the better. The more he learns. He's over here playing Big Dick Nick. Jesus, fucking Chicago has got so much shit going on. I mean, you talk about a team that a couple years ago we were looking at like, okay, Matt Nagy, this defense, you know, Trubisky's a little hit or miss, you know, but they're winning with them. They're getting to the playoffs with them. This team looks like they can really turn the edge. Maybe they just need a quarterback. 
And, and, and what have they done since they've just needed a quarterback? Well, Khalil Mack is a shell of himself. They went out and paid Andy, million, Andy Dalton $10 million. Oh, yeah, and fucking traded for Nick Foles. And then you trade up to draft Justin Fields, and you, you, you kind of diddle-daddle with him and Andy Dalton at the beginning of the season, which clearly it wasn't even close who should have been starting from day one, Jay Fields, baby. And then now you're now, now here comes Big Dick Nick. Jesus. I mean, this, 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 from just a couple years ago, the Bears making the playoffs, right? Like, because with Trubisky, talking about how good Matt Nagy is and this defense and where they're going to go. And now they're just abysmal. I don't care about the win in the fucking snow against Seattle. I don't care about that. Russell Wilson clearly is either not playing well because he's hurt or doesn't care. It did, I mean, fuck. You're talking about a big dick Nick win in Seattle? When you're when you're the Chicago Bears, and you're not playing Justin Fields, all you Bear fans over here talking about a win, fuck, terrible. And the Giants, come on, do, do we have to talk about the Giants anymore? Joe Judge is over his head. Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones. You know, you know what I don't, we know, you know what kind of popped into my head the other day though, Jimmy Garoppolo needs somewhere to go next year. Obviously, he's not going to be traded. He's he's worth too much money. But Jimmy Garoppolo needs somewhere to go. Needs somewhere to sit down. Jamie Garoppolo feels like a New York kind of guy because he likes his porn stars and he likes his high class parties and he likes his supermodels and, you know, he likes he likes to be up at the top of Uxalot with the bougies. You know, he likes it a little hoity toity. It's what he does. Jimmy Jimmy's a hoity toity kind of guy. You know, he's a pretty boy. Shit. Maybe if I had a face like that, too, I'd be a little hoity toity. But I, I, I don't think I mind a, a Jimmy Garoppolo to New York. Look, look, it's not like it fixes the franchise. I'm not saying, oh, bring Jimmy in, you're going to win games. No, but if you bring Jimmy in, you at least get some excitement, right? You get a quarterback battle. You get a pretty boy to come through. You get more of those young, uh, you know, women between 20 to 40 to come to the games just so they can look at Jimmy Garoppolo. So you sell more tickets. Why the fuck not? You're New York. Who cares? Jags and Patriots, uh, this, I mean, I think this is a get-right game for Mac Jones, a get-a-confidence game, and work into the playoffs. Now, this is going to be tough. Belichick is never, ever, ever, ever let a team playing, I don't care who, Jacksonville, the Jets, uh, the Bills when they sucked Miami. It doesn't matter who they are. Bill Belichick says that they are great at something and make sure his team knows that they are great at something. And this is not some washed team we're coming into play. This is not the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay? We're, he's got it charged up there like they're about to play fucking Alabama. They, they, every game, every single week, this is how Bill does it. I, I expect the Patriots to roll. But I expect them to do it in their way, which is physical. Trevor Lawrence is going to take a pounding. I, I, I think he's going to take a pounding. Bill Belichick eats rookie quarterbacks alive. Eats them alive. Uh, Rams and Ravens. Lamar Jackson is still a question mark. I saw today that he is not going to practice. It's It's Friday. You're not practicing on Friday after a limited practice on Thursday and no other practice of the week. And then he has not played in two, uh, two last two weeks, has not practiced. So this is almost four full weeks now without him even practicing pretty much. And he had limited yesterday. Now he's not practicing at all today, which means he re-aggravated the injury because, you know, you don't, you don't have a limited practice on Thursday and then not practice on Friday. That makes no sense. You need a limited practice on Thursday, a limited practice on Friday. If you have a limited practice on Thursday and you are not practicing on Friday, that is not good. So it looks like no Lamar Jackson, but don't worry. Looks Tyler Huntley is going to be able to come out in there. We're not going to have a situation uh, like we did 
the other week, and uh, that would uh, they're on their third string quarterback here. But Rams, Ravens here. Look, I'm going to give the, Ra- Ra- the the Rams the win. How do I not give the Rams the win? Look, I like Huntley, and the Ravens are going to fight every second of uh, uh, you know. And if Stafford has a three pick game, Ravens win this football game because occasionally Matt Stafford, you know, he's got those. He's going to throw multi pick games. Like we 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 know who Matt Stafford is. We just do. And I liked Matt Stafford, and he not a lot of people watch the Lions. Come on, unless it was Thanksgiving or you know the two or two times he went to the playoffs, you probably did not watch a Lions game. You probably watched one, maybe two Lions game the whole year. You you probably watched. Most people probably have only seen maybe Matt Stafford play in nine games, ten games. That's it. That's it. That's all. And now you get in the Rams, and in and he's here, and you see him all the time, and he is good. But I may have overvalued Stafford just a little bit, just a little bit. And I think McVay is kind of sitting back like, look, I thought when we got this guy in here, some of the bonehead mistakes would stop. But at the end of the day, they're not going to because that is who Stafford is, much like Brett Favre. It's just who he is. He's a gunslinger, much like Patrick Mahomes. Everyone's like, why is Mahomes throwing so many interceptions? It's like he wasn't doing it before. Mahomes is a gunslinger, folks. Justin Herbert is a gunslinger. These are gunslingers. They're just really accurate. So they're not throwing as many picks as Favre. But they're taking chances, taking risks. And Mahomes has got Kelsey and, and Hill and stuff like that. And it, it masks some of the some of the throws that he makes. Now, we've seen this year where he stumbles up and he threw a lot of picks. Now, second half of the season, he's really changing around, barely throws any interceptions. But fuck. I mean, Stafford, he's going to have a mul- multiple Multiple pick games, multiple, multiple pick games, okay, in a season. He just is. He's going to give you two to three games where he's going to throw two to three interceptions. But you can't do that in the playoffs. You cannot do that against the Buccaneers. You cannot do that against the Packers. You cannot do that against the Cowboys. And Stafford hasn't been in very many big spots. Now, he's played in some big games this year. But how is how are we going to look when we get into the playoffs here? Because when you look at the top four quarterbacks who they're going to be for the division winners, I mean, I'm taking Aaron over him. I'm taking Brady over him. And then we got Dak. Am I going to take Dak Prescott over Matt Stafford? I think that's still main, I don't know, coin flip. Would I Do I trust Dak more than Stafford? I think Dak has been in bigger spots of his career just because he's been on the Cowboys, won his division, been to the playoffs a couple times. But he's been in the playoffs, what, just as many times as Stafford. Stafford's older, veteran. I would say Stafford is smarter on the field. Dak still makes a lot of bonehead plays. He really does. He thinks he's more talented than he is. See, that's the thing. Stafford doesn't think he's more talented than he is. Stafford Stafford knows how talented he is, much like Favre, and just tries every throw, much like Mahomes. Dak does the same thing, but he cannot make those throws. Okay, Dak Prescott is way more limited arm talent-wise than Matt Stafford, and I think Dak has got pretty good arm talent. But it's it's, going to be tricky. I think it's a win here for the Rams. But can they get right? Can they get some momentum going? Can they keep Stafford for having those two to three? If you throw three interceptions in a playoff game, you're not winning. You are not winning in the NFC. Buccaneers, Jets, look, the Bucs, I called it after their loss, right, a couple weeks ago, that they're just going to win out. They had the Panthers last week, the Jets this week, and the Panthers again. And the Panthers are horrible. This team is atrocious. And so they steamrolled them. Honestly, probably what's going to happen again. It doesn't really matter that they're not healthy right now. They, they, they are, they're going to have better coach. They have the better quarterback. They have the better defense. They have the better skill position. No matter what, their next two games, it doesn't matter. Now, could the Jets or Panthers come up and win one of these games? Sure. Sure. Why not? 
but I don't I don't really see it happening. Falcons at Bills. This is a home game here for the Buffalo Bills, and they need it bad. I think it's the last home game of the year. They need a win here. And they need it, they just need a controlled, focused win. You know, they a lot of emotions this year with the Bills. Up and down. Josh has been Josh was really good. And then all of a sudden it was like, what is he doing? And then now he's good again. And then it's kind of like middle ground and then good. And their run game has just been really hit or miss. And their defense feels really, really hit or miss. They're just really emotional team. Just everything going around. They're not, they haven't quite find their level yet. They need to level out. They just need to level out a little bit. And this game at home against the Falcons, week 17, gives them a chance to level out. Rattle up a couple wins. You got a good win last week against New England. Now let's just level it out. Emotions were high last week. Emotions were high. Okay, you need to level out. You can't come in, you know, all ramped up and all high and everything like that against the Falcons. And Josh, you know, makes a bad play or someone fumbles the ball because you're just too ramped up. Just level down. Let's let's get into playoff mode here and let's start fucking raking guys. All right, Buffalo, let's go. Chiefs and Bengals, baby. I am jacked for this game. Just jacked for this game. It will be on the second TV. No doubt about it for the early game. 100%. I give me some Joe Burrow. Give me some Patrick Mahomes. Let me get CJ Uzama against Travis Kelsey. Little little Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill action. Give it to me. Jesse Bates, Tyron Matthew. I mean, I can just pick guys from each side of the team, and we could just go at it. Trey Hendricks, Frank Clark. Let's keep going. I mean, these teams are very similar. They got talent all over the offense side of the ball, and they have talent all over on the defense side of the ball. But yet, both teams occasionally lack the fundamentals to put things together. But I think this game in Cincinnati, the Chiefs coming in, Trying to keep that one seed. The Bengals are trying to win the division. Win the division. If they win, it's pretty. It's over. They could beat the Chiefs. It is over. The Bengals are AFC North champions because the Ravens are probably going to lose. And there's really no shot other than the, they would have to have the same record. They uh, even that. It's not going to happen. Bengals are going to lock this bitch up. Let's go. I don't. Now I don't know if they're. I would love to see the Bengals win this football game. I really would, but the Chiefs are tough. I just, I, I'm excited for this game. This, I, if you're not excited for this football game, this is a potential, also potential playoff matchup here, folks. Potential playoff matchup. And if you get to tell me, uh, I get to see Mahomes and Burrow again in the playoffs. Whoo! Get my popcorn ready. Get it ready. Another potential first round playoff matchup here, folks. Miami at Tennessee. I want to see this one. This is the wild card game I want to see. So to see that, though, I need Miami to win this football game. So I'm rooting hard for the Dolphins, very hard for the Dolphins, because I want to see this game again in the postseason. I want to see the Titans at the number one, two seed. I want to see Miami at the seven seed. I want to see that wild card matchup. I think that would be one of the funnest wild card matchups that you can have. I just was just looking at it, just just where the bases are, the games can have a chance to be. I think it's one of the funnest. So I'm rooting hard for the Dolphins, but it's going to be tough for them. Tennessee's kind of getting their groove back a little bit here. Kind of getting their wide receivers are getting healthy. Tannehill seems like he's getting a groove. The defense is kind of coming back. So we'll see if Tua can hang on. And they, but if this defense plays well, that's that's what it is. This deep, Miami's defense has just got to play well. Got to force turnovers on Tannehill, and Dolphins win this football game. Raiders at Colts, the Raiders still got a chance here, folks, for a playoff spot. Colts are currently locked in, but they are they, they got to keep the pedal to the metal. They're still trying to win their division. Let's say somehow Miami beats Tennessee, right? Like I want. 
well, then the Colts and them have the same record. And then Tennessee just got to lose next week. The Colts win. And guess what? The Colts are your AFC South champions, which would be nuts, which would be nuts because they started, what, two and five? Insane. Here we go. In Indianapolis, the Raiders coming in, their playoff hopes. I mean, they're hanging on a thread. They got to win out. Are they going to be able to win out? I don't think so. Against this team, the Raiders' run defense is not very good. We've seen Jonathan Taylor against teams that, well, run defense is not very good. He runs the shit out of the ball. He will beat you physically. He, I mean, he can make any cut. This kid's a monster. I think he goes for at least a buck ten and a touchdown on the Raiders. And the Raiders got to they got to stay in the game early because the Raiders lose they lose it early. And sometimes they can come back and Derek Carr can bring them back, but not against the Colts, right? You're not playing Denver. Okay, this is this isn't the Chargers when Herbert's still a little young and he throws a pick. Okay, you're playing the Charger, the, the Colts defense, who is phenomenal, a, a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator in Frank Wright. Okay, a, a quarterback who, let's be honest, seems like he's found his groove here, folks. It really does. Raiders are in a little bit of trouble, but they're gonna fight. And I expect nothing but a fight from the Raiders. And honestly, John Madden would expect nothing for a fight either. So Derek, come out and give these boys hell. Because you know, you know Mr. Madden's watching up there, hoping for a, bla- a victory for the black and gold. Eagles at uh, Washington, and Jesus, I think this is, the Eagles got the Cowboys at home next week. So Eagles just got to win out. I mean, Eagles, they're in. If the Eagles win out, I think they're in. Uh, maybe another playoff, cont- uh, playoff thing has to happen, but Washington's pretty much done. Uh, you know, the Eagles have a chance to squeak into the playoffs. And it's pretty nuts. Because myself included, and I imagine a lot of people that would be sitting here at week 17 would say, no way in, no way in hell. If you didn't tell me their record, and you said, hey, Russ, it's week 17. What do you think the Eagles' record are? I'd tell you at most they would have five wins. Folks, they're eight and seven. They, 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 they're eight and seven, above 500, with a rookie head coach, who Nick Sirianni, who I liked, but let's be honest, I mean, hasn't really done much in this league, much like Brandon Staley, who I liked, but is also having a you know decent year. But Sirianni comes in with a quarterback who can't really throw. At least that's what we all say. And he's more of a runner. Now, you know, he's not a, he's not great passing the ball. He's not. But he's getting proved and he's better. And he is electrifying a lot of the time. And somehow, someway, they are 8-7. and seven. And if they win this game, they are 9-7. and seven, And that is almost going to be a lock. That would almost be a lock, depending on what else happens. But 9-7, and seven, that's probably going to be able to get the 7th seed in the NFC. It's probably going to be able to get the 7th seed. Now, if you could somehow beat the Cowboys, that would be great. I, I'd take that win. The Eagles all of a sudden are 10 and 7? Fuck. That, it's, I got to tip my hat to Sirianni this year. It's been a hell of a coaching job that this kid has put on. I mean, just a hell of a coaching job. And I got to tip my hat a little to Jalen Hurts. He's a little shaky. You know, I, 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 he's not really my cup of tea. But the dude is electrifying. And he makes plays. And he wins in this league. So... You know, I, I, do I necessarily think he's the guy? I don't. He's not my cup of tea. He's not a guy that I'd probably roll with. I'm sure he's he's great. The Eagles, from everything that I hear, love him. Are absolutely obsessed with him in their organization. I get it. I understand. You know, you. I mean, he's clearly smart. He's learned from I don't know Nick Saban and Lincoln Riley, right? So he's clearly smart. And this Nick Sirianni knows. He, he clearly knows offense football. It's it's pretty obvious. When you watch the Eagles, you go, yeah, this 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 guy can coach offense, and he can. And I gotta t- tip my hat to him. Broncos at Chargers, huge game. The Chargers are spiraling. 
I mean, two te- a team in the AFC and a team in the NFC that are spiraling, the San, the San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers and the Arizona Cardinals. Two teams, three weeks ago, everyone said that there was a lock. It was a lock for both of them to go to the playoffs. Now, Cardinals are in and they have locked, but the Chargers are sitting at 8-7. and 8-7. And they've lost two. They just lost to Houston. And they've lost two in a row. They've lost in bad fashion. Say the Houston just got destroyed. They gave up over 200 rushing yards in that game against Houston. Rex Burkhead had 110 rushing yards on him. I just, this Charger team, I like them a lot. I like what they can bring. But Brandon Staley is still a young coach. And it's weird because I just said that the Eagles are 8-7. and seven, And I'm tipping my hat to the coaching job that Nick Sirianni's doing. But Brandon Staley's 8-7. I'm not really tipping my hat to Brandon Staley because you should not be 8-7. You should have 10 wins. You should you should have 10. You should be 10-5 right now. You should be. There is no reason that you should not be 10-5 and, and still competing for your, for your division. But you're not anymore. Even though you beat the Chiefs one time this year, you should be competing. If you ever, if you are the Chargers and if you ever split with the Chiefs, you have to compete for the division. Because what are the chances you're going to split with them again? Not very likely. I mean, you got you got Herbert now. So Herbo, I mean, he probably makes things a little differently. But still, Staley, I, look, I, I think he's done a, a, a good job. A good job. You know, I don't th- I'm not tipping my hat to him. I think he's done a good job. But he's, he's a defensive guy. He's supposed to be this big defensive guy. He was with the Rams, you know, last year, had a great defense. Well, when I look... When I look at and watch the Chargers, their defense sucks. I mean, their defense sucks. It's horrible. No pressure. Can't cause a turnover. Missing tackles left and right. And you're supposed to be a defensive guy? I mean, I hired you as my head coach. And I need you to be the head coach. But I also need you to work this defense. Fix it. Why are we not better? Why are we not better on the defense side of the ball? You're Brandon Staley. I, I don't get it. You're doing nothing with the offense. But yet somehow... You know, you do nothing with the offense. You're supposed to do something with the defense, but the defense is way worse than the offense. I don't know what really is going on here. And I don't see the Chargers as a team that can win a playoff game right now. They got to try to fix it the next two weeks. Got to try to gain some momentum. That defense has got to, Brandon Staley's got to fucking click it on because it's big boy time now. We got to put our big boy pants on now, Brandon. You're the head coach of a team that's trying to make the playoffs, not the defensive coordinator. When you can look over at Sean McVay and go, hey, what are we doing this week? No, it's big boy pants time. One leg in, then another leg, pull them up, button them up, zip it up, and let's fucking go, Brandon. Texans at Niners. Uh, look, I mean, the Niners, kind of shaky here. You know, Houston is on a, what, two get two, they've won two out of their last three. Davis Mills has started the last three games. Okay, this is going to be Davis's Mills' 10th start in the league. Also, flip side, Trey Lance, this is going to be his third start in the league, right? Because looks like no Jimmy Garoppolo chip in his finger. I talked about it. I don't know. Some whatever fucking Jimmy Garoppolo injury. Like, J- Jimmy Garoppolo gets the most ridiculous injuries. Has anybody else known that? It's because this goes back to what I was saying. He's a New York guy. Because in New York, you can stub your toe and you're out of work for a week. Right? Because, you know, it's New York. You know, here, no, here on the West Coast, you stub your toe. Who fucking cares? Okay, but over there, you can stub your toe and you're out of work for a week. And that's kind of where Jimmy Garoppolo is. And that's why I feel like he belongs in New York City. Just go to New York, Jimmy. You can make shit ton of money. You can have a great time. So much fun. With, with, with that jawline? Come on, Jimmy. 
Back to the game. No Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance in, though. Really, really, really curious about this football game. It, it is a late game. Um, Davis Mills, Trey Lance. I like me some Davis Mills here, folks. Davis Mills only played nine football games in Stanford. Nine. That's it. But this kid is big. He's strong. He's very talented. He's pretty accurate. He's got a, got a good cannon on him. He's mobile. It's just he went – he was the 67th pick. He was the second pick in the third round. It's not like he was some fifth, you know, six-round draft pick. Clearly, this kid was looked at highly. And I would imagine coaches and GMs around the league all would like to have drafted this guy. But they weren't going to take him in the first or second round because he only played nine games in college, right? So you wait till the third round. Well, who's going through quarterback turmoil? Houston. Who took it upon him to draft Davis Mills? Houston. Who maybe, maybe hit something here? Houston. Now, he still needs to develop. He's a little bit of a project. But if they can get the right guy around him to really coach him, really get it, bring some talent around. I like what I see from Davis Mills. I just do. I, 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 if, if you, I mean, look, let's compare Davis Mills' first nine games to Tua. It's not even close. I would much rather have where Davis Mills is heading, right? I like where Davis Mills is going here. Really curious to see what he does in this game against this defense. And on the flip side, how, Kyle, how is Kyle going to run his game plan? Is he going to run his game plan like Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Or like, like just a regular Niners game plan? Or is he going to kind of tone it back a little bit? Be a little bit more basic with, with Trey, kind of get some things open, scheme some guys, use your guys, use Debo, use Ayuk, use Jeff Wilson, use George Kittle, use these guys in a unique way. I just, I'm curious to see the approach that Kyle takes for this game and for the rest of the year. Because I would imagine no more Jimmy. I'd imagine it's it's all Trey, especially if they win this football game and Trey looks like he's manageable. He's like, okay, this kid's getting it, right? This kid's picking it up. Then you just roll with Trey and you roll into 2022 and you try to kick some ass. Uh, Lions at Seahawks, another late game. Uh, let's, let's, I mean, I mean, I don't really know. If you tell me the Lions win this football game, I would tell you, okay, I don't, I don't even think I would blink. If you had asked me the better football team right now, week 17, Lions or the Seattle Seahawks, I would say the Lions because I would tell you they're going to play harder. They don't have the better players, clearly. I mean, Russell Wilson. I mean, come on, Russell Wilson against Jared Goff or Tim Boyle. It's not close. But this is not Russell Wilson right now. This is not Russell Wilson. This is like, I don't know, just some guy it kind of feels like. kind of feels like just some guy. And who knows, you know, he'd probably be a little bit better, you know, on Sunday against the Lions and he wasn't a snowstorm. But right now, it kind of just feels like some guy. He doesn't feel like Russell Wilson. He's not making throws like Russell Wilson. He's not winning games like Russell Wilson. And the Lions are coming in and giving absolutely everybody an ass kicking. Even when they lose, they're still going to kick you. I mean, they are. They're going to out-physical you. They are here to bite your kneecaps off, if I can quote you know, the great Dan Campbell. I, I, look, I'm not going to be shocked Lions win this football game. I don't think anybody should be shocked that the Lions win football games. It's it's this is I think it's over, folks. I think this Lions bullshit is over. I think maybe Dan Campbell can get him now. Can they get the right pieces going into next year? Can they fix that defense a little bit? You're kind of stuck with Jared Goff. You kind of are for at least another year. So you're stuck with Jared Goff. You got to make that work. But can you build some pieces around? Him? Can you stay healthy? I mean, fuck. Why well, the Lions? I, I would have them kind of depending on how they finish. But I probably have them at four or five wins next year. Right. And if that's that's a positive outlook. And then if you can win seven to nine the next year, then you're just improving, Dan. Let's keep it moving here, Campbell. Uh, well, Jesus. Cardinals and Cowboys. Uh, is this going to be a game? 
is it, honestly, is this going to be a game? Because if you tell me that Mika Parsons and Trayvon Diggs just absolutely throttle this Cardinals offense, I would not even bat an eye, much like the Lions beating the Seahawks. That is, this Cardinals team is spiraling. They got to get it together, and they got to get it together fast. I do not care how many players they are missing. Everyone is missing players. It's COVID injuries. It's week 17 in the fucking NFL season. A lot of people are hurt. You got to overcome it. You know how you overcome it? Coaching. Coaching coaching and more coaching and practice and work ethic and heart and competitive character, which I see none of those things in the Arizona Cardinals. Zero. Zero. So they got to do something. If they even want a chance, a chance of not being embarrassed in a playoff game, it has to start this week in Dallas. And for the Cowboys, just keep doing what you're doing. Look, Dak is making a little more mistakes. Maybe cut that back a little bit, but keep doing what you're doing. You're getting your players healthy. You have the defensive rookie of the year. You arguably have the defensive player of the year. I mean, you could take Diggs or fucking Parsons. You're right. You got two other good pass rushers in Gregory and Lawrence. Van Der Esch is staying recently healthy. Your offense is okay. You know, you're getting some pieces back. Fuck. Just keep doing what you're doing if you're the Cowboys. Don't let the Cardinals come in here and win. Don't let Kyler Murray come in here and run around on you. No way. You're trying to, you are going to the, you are trying to win a Super Bowl. You're not going to have the Cardinals come in here and run in on you. You can't do that. It's not allowed. Panthers at Saints, the last early, late game of the day. Panthers at Saints. I mean, I don't know. As as long as we don't see Ian Book, this game should have some type of, you know, and that's no disrespect to Ian Book. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to come at you, Ian. I'm not. But, dude, I doubt you ever – I really doubt that Ian Book – will start another game. And that's not because he sucks. It's because the NFL is really, really hard. And he's just not as good as these guys. And you saw him on that game against the Dolphins. The defensive tackle, Jordan Phillips and these defensive tackles were chasing down. I mean, hawking down Ian Book every time he ran. Every time he was trying to scramble out. He and Back in Notre Dame, right, he couldn't run away from almost anybody anytime he played any team unless it was Alabama, Right. He's just, he's just that he's, he's an athletic guy, six feet tall, 190 pounds. He's an athletic dude, but in the NFL, everybody is athletic, right? This is an old miss, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't just be running away from dudes, right? I remember when Johnny Manziel first came in the league, everyone, Johnny Manziel drafted the Browns first round. Yeah. I remember, uh, I think it was like second, maybe third game of the year. They're playing the Raiders and Khalil Mack. No, 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 no. It was the Panthers. I'm sorry. They're playing the Panthers. And Luke Keekley, Johnny Manziel, took three steps, look, 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 and then started scrambling to his right. Luke Keekley caught Johnny Manziel in three steps. Three steps. I, I, I watched Luke Keekley go from his spot to literally throwing this kid on the ground like a rag doll in three steps. Johnny Manziel's eyes were wide open. He had no idea what just happened. He didn't even, I don't even think he knew he got tackled. He thought that he was still running. That's how, that's the difference. That is the difference in this league. And it's hard. It is hard. And no disrespect to Ian Book, but I don't know if he's going to start another game in his career. In this Panther Saints game, I mean, what are you going to give me? Just a mixture of Sam Darnold and Cam Newton with Taysom Hill and, Tre- and fucking Ian Book or Trevor Simeon? I don't know. This game, I, I doubt I'll probably watch any of this game. All right, let's transition over to the Sunday night football game. 
Vikings in Lambeau. Let's go. Let's ride. The Vikings already beat them once this year. They're trying to beat them again. Don't think it's going to happen, though. Not in Lambeau. I don't think the Packers lose another game this year. I think they lock up that number one seed for the second straight year in a row. The playoffs are going to have to run through Lambeau Field. They're going to have to run through Green Bay. They're going to have to run through Aaron Rodgers. And to be honest, I got to be honest. If I'm the NFC, I'm not too ha- I'm, I'm not too mad. I'm not. I'm really, I'm not that mad. Not that upset. Because guess what? Yeah, we're going to play in Lambeau. At your home, right? All the noise will be for you. Big crowd. But it's going to be just as cold for you as it is for me. I feel like it's pretty even. I feel like it's pretty even, especially because your quarterback can't win at home. Let's be honest. Let's just be real here, folks. Aaron Rodgers does not win in the playoffs, and he does not win at home in the playoffs. So I'll take my chances if I'm Tampa Bay. I'll take my chances if I'm if I'm Arizona or Dallas, right? I take my chances. Go ahead and get that number one because you have done nothing with it to have scared anybody since 2010 and you weren't even the number one you were a wild card team you were a wild card team you didn't have to play you didn't play one single home game so i'm gonna take my chances i would fine that's fine let's go play in the cold let's go have a cold ass fucking nfc championship game and let's see who wins because you lost last year and you've lost years before i take my chances i digress i digress packers are probably gonna win this football game but i i i I expect a good banger here now Dalvin Cook's gonna play I don't know probably is still up in the air probably won't play but you still got Justin Jefferson Adam Thielen's done that sucks you know this but these two teams they match up well against each other every time divisional rivals they're gonna play hard they're gonna fight I expect the Packers to take an early lead and then for Aaron to coast like he always does for the Vikings to come back a little bit in the third quarter early fourth quarter and then for Aaron to finally go all right let's just go ahead and score a touchdown and put this out of the way I need the juices flowing probably what's gonna happen And last but not least, let's head over. Monday night game. We got Browns at the Steelers. And it has come out. Ben Roethlisberger. It's going to be his last home game. You know, I mean, obviously it's not in concrete. But uh, he had tiptoed around it. But we all know it. I think we all knew it at the beginning of this year, clearly. Uh, I think we all knew it watching every single game that he's played, even the good ones. That this is it for Big Ben. And I got to say, it has been a hell of a ride. I have loved watching this guy play. Even though he absolutely broke my heart, ripped it out of my soul in 2009, just ripped it out from that Super Bowl victory when when, when, uh, Holmes caught the game-winning touchdown in the back of the end zone. I have still really genuinely loved watching Ben Roethlisberger play football. It has been an honor and a privilege to watch a quarterback play like that. It, every time you watch Ben Roethlisberger, you kind of felt like you were watching a quarterback in, in 19. You felt like you were watching Stabler, right? You felt like you were watching a quarterback in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 80s, just taking punishment, running, staying in the pocket to the last minute, throwing a dart where it needs to go and just taking a beating. You know, he's a hard guy to bring down. He almost never went down on the first stack. He just shrugged the guy off, kept going. I mean, young Ben Roethlisberger was a fucking monster. That guy was a monster. But his body got so banged up, and he had a lot of cheeseburgers, which I don't blame you. Dude, if I was you, I would have had so many more cheeseburgers than you. So I'm not blaming you. 
Okay, I, you've had a great career. You're a Super Bowl champion two times. Like, I, 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 dude, you've been to three. Like, you, you're fucking. You have a rock star of a career. You were a rock star of a player. So, hat tip to Ben Roethlisberger. Thank you for the fucking. I mean, what decade and a half of just, just being you, bro. Just being you, bro. And that, that's one thing. Ben Roethlisberger's always just been him. He's never been fake. He's never been Aaron Rodgers and try to fucking phony shit out. He's been real. I got I, and I respect the shit out of that. And honestly, I really, really, really hope the Steelers are going to win this football game at home. I hope Ben and them get it done. I'm putting money on them. It's his last game at home. I'm putting money on them. It's against the Browns. There is no other team that Ben Roethlisberger has beaten more in his career than the Cleveland Browns. And this is it. It's a fitting end to a home game. A very fitting end to an amazing career for this man. And I am putting all my chips in the basket on the Pittsburgh Steelers Monday Night Football. Ben Roethlisberger, let's let it fucking rip. Alrighty, folks. That's going to go ahead and be it for today on a New Year's Eve. I told you, nice little short, easy pod, just straight to the point. And, but this pod, I mean, this was all about John Madden. I think I took the first maybe 20 minutes of this podcast and I just wanted to talk about him. And uh, honestly, I I was going to do the pod last night because there was no there was no game. I figured, you know, fire it up, but I don't think I I didn't think I had what I wanted to say yet about John. I need a couple days to go by. It, it 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 you know, look, I'm I'm it affected me. Kobe Bryant, that affected me. That I mean, these are two guys in the last what, it's been 2 years now, right? These two guys in the last two deaths. I mean, NBA-wise, there's nobody that made me there's nobody that made me a better basketball player. Nobody that made me wanted to watch the game more than Kobe Bryant. Nobody that made me wanted to be a better person than, than Kobe Bryant and John Madden, I don't think. So the, the Kobe Bryant's death, it hit me pretty hard. And it felt like he lost a family member. And with John Madden, it's the same thing. And I just, you know, what I said, I believe it to my core. I feel it every day. He's going to be missed. I know by me and everybody else. Um, so enjoy week 17, enjoy the new year, have a good one. Please stay safe. I will see everybody in 2022. I cannot believe it. Uh, this podcast is almost a year old and I can't believe I've already been doing it for a year. And I, and I appreciate everybody, all of you for listening, honestly, for the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. This podcast would not be, I would not, I would, I'd just be talking to myself in my room, right? This is what I normally do. But I, instead, I just fire it up and I get to yell into a microphone. And you guys, you guys hear me talk about this, about football and all this. And I appreciate that. And, and have a great, great New Year's. Let 22 kick off with a bang. Enjoy the football games. Enjoy the playoff games this week. We got college football. I think, you know, Michigan's going to win. Watch out for upset alert Cincinnati. I don't think it's going to happen, but a lot of people are on that. But I got Michigan. Michigan over Georgia. Uh, Alabama over Cincinnati in a closer one than people think. I think, I think I'm going to take them in the points at 14 points. That's too many points for a team that is that good. So enjoy it. Have a great one. I'll talk to you all next year. Peace.